to the book of Mark, the book of Mark this morning, Mark chapter number 7. Heard about this guy, uh, these two buddies, they were going to flip a coin to see if they should come to church or watch the Super Bowl. And it took nine flips till they finally realized they needed to stay home and watch the Super Bowl. Someone said, football fans are strange. There's 22 football players in great shape running around the field for an hour while 98,000 fans are in the stand who need exercise cheering them on. I thought, that's kind of funny. Heard about this couple, they were dating and uh, uh, they were watching the Super Bowl and, and uh, the boyfriend looked at the team and he said, hey, he said, that is our best, man. hey, that guy's gonna be our best man next year. And she said, oh, such a cute way to propose. I do. I will. Uh, he's going to be our best man next year. Forget it. Let's just uh, watch our phones, watch the pregame uh, show here. Heard about the guy. He, he ran an ad in the paper and he said, he said, I didn't, he, he said, when we scheduled our wedding, I didn't realize the wedding would fall on Super Bowl Sunday. So I need someone to take my place. It'll be at Calvary Church, 3 p.m. She's five foot two, 110 pounds. She'll be wearing white. And so some guys just don't have uh, priorities quite, quite right. So uh, anyway, we're in Mark chapter number seven. Mark chapter seven. And looking down into one little passage, a little story. And we'll use this to get the message going. But uh, Mark chapter seven. And uh, look down here. This woman is needing a miracle. And it says in verse number 25, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit. That means it was a devil, a demon, unclean, unclean actions, unclean life, unclean words. uh, Heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. How many of you have ever thought one of your kids was demon-possessed? Lift up your hand right now. How many of you think it, that demon still is inside of them? Okay. All right. We used to have a lady at our church, true story, Sunday school teacher. And somehow she thought she could cast demons out of people. So when her husband came home in a bad mood, she would start, come out, come out. And so they're in my office for marriage counseling. He says, Pastor. Do you know how it feels when your wife's trying to cast demons out of you? He said, it doesn't make me feel very good about myself. So, so I don't know if she ever got them out of him. I don't know. But uh, in verse 26, uh, 27, but Jesus said unto her, she said, cast this devil out. Let the children first be filled. He's talking about the Jews. And he says, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. That was a word used for the Gentiles. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. What she was saying was this, I know I don't deserve a miracle, but I would be glad for anything you could give me. Just like the little dogs that wag their tail. I don't need the whole meal, but if you got a few crumbs, I'll be happy. But only one time in Scripture in Jesus' ministry is he answered this way. She says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
I will agree with whatever you decide. Today we have a Super Bowl that will be made up with 22 players on the field at the same time. But there would be no game if it were not for referees and those yellow flags, the penalty flags. In recent years, not always, but in recent years, they've now developed a new flag, a red flag, which we call the challenge flag. What happens is after a controversial play or uh, maybe something the coach doesn't agree with, you'll see him just, just toss the flag. On the field, things get silent, things stop, the refs notice it, then it's a replay. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? All right, good. Well, let's pray. I want to speak this, this morning on this subject, agree with the call. Agree with the call. No challenge flags. Let's pray. Father, would you help us now? Our life is very complicated we affect a lot of people, a lot of people affect us. And here on earth, things are not really fair. They never can be. With all the humans and the sin and the selfishness and all these things, we try to get the calls right, people do, but a lot of times they miss it. So what are we supposed to do? Would you help us? In Jesus' name, amen. Wouldn't it be humorous if... Everyone had challenge flags, and they actually brought them everywhere they went. Maybe you ended up at the gas pumps when they get up to $6, and you say, no, yeah, right. lower the price. Yeah. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine if teenagers got them? Their parents come up with a rule, and they say, I challenge that. <laughs> can you imagine if every married couple or dating couple had them? And when they got into an argument, I don't agree with that. Well, I challenge what you thought. I mean, it would just be almost a humorous, a humorous time. You ever been corrected by your mate? You told a story and they said, that's not how it went. The challenge flags. Can you imagine a guy ask a pretty girl on a date and she says no? He goes, you will too. <laughs> I've just been thinking about these challenge flags all week long. You know, there were a lot of Bible characters that threw the challenge flag. Cain, when God says, I'm going to judge you for killing your brother, he said, am I my brother's keeper? He said, you have just, uh, uh, the penalty is too hard to bear. He threw the challenge flag at God. I think of Korah and Miriam. Moses is chosen by God to be the Israeli leader of the nation and his brother and sister and another guy named Korah threw the challenge flag and said, we're prophets too, why is he over us? I think of the Israelites when God started feeding them with manna. They started whining and they said, they said we love the food back in Egypt better than that old manna. They threw down the challenge flag. I think of Naomi, her family in the Bible, moved to a heathen city. Her husband died, her two sons died who married heathen girls. As she comes back into the city of Bethlehem, they said, who is this woman? She doesn't look like Naomi. Her name means pleasant. She said, don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasant. Call me Mara. 
because God hath brought me home. I left home full and God hath brought me home empty. She was saying, I challenge how things have turned out in my life. Humans will make mistakes. They cannot see it all at work, in the neighborhood, in a marriage, in a home. No one's going to get the call right every time. At a church, no one's going to get it right 100% of the time. But I want to say this positively. God makes the call right every time. God is the only one who sees everything from every angle. He knows what the right call is. He never misses a call. Life is not fair. We say it sometimes. It's just not fair. I looked up the word fair, and here's what it means. A place where you win stuffed animals, ride rides, and eat a lot of expensive food. That's what fair is. Let me encourage you that always get the call right, you proud people. Let me encourage the ones that you never miss a call in your marriage, never miss it with the kids. You are always totally right in every call you make. Uh, It's time you picked up the challenge flag. It's time you stopped carrying. Some people carry it their whole life and uh, they're at work two weeks. I challenge, that's not fair. And they lose their job. And then they get another job. I don't like, and look, happy people don't carry these all the time. That there's a time you got to stand, you got to say something. I'm not saying be a doormat, but I'm just saying you don't want to be around people that are always challenging everything. And I'll get on that in just a second. You say, well, what do you do, uh, pastor? If, if someone makes a wrong call, if it's not in your area, all you can do is say, God will handle it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. There's only one person who their name starts with a capital J and it's called judge and it's only the Lord. In Revelation, it says the judge standeth before the door. He will get it all right. He'll even it all out. He'll have judgment way, uh, uh, day one time, judgment for the saved, judgment for the lost, judgment for the nations. He always gets it right. So here's a message quickly. Number one, agree with God's design. You know, God makes no mistakes. In the Garden of Eden, he made two people, Adam and Eve. It was not Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve, or we would have no human race. God is the one that said, you were male, you were female. Agree with God's design. Uh, God makes no mistakes. Whatever gender you are, whatever race you were born... Whatever uh, looks that you have, whether you are tall. I'm not short, I found out recently. I'm untall. <laughs> I identify as a tall person now. How do you like that? And, and so uh, some of you ought to just look in the mirror and say, no more red flag. God made me the way I'm supposed to be. The gender, uh, uh, the race, the looks, the height, uh, the intelligence, the gifts. It's a great day when you agree with God and say, no more red flag. You make no mistakes. You make no junk. Thanks for making me this way. Number two. Wow, quick sermon. Well, when you're in the hospital, you don't have much time to study. Number two. Agree with God's written rules. It's right here. A lot of rules. You know, the rules for the game, the Super Bowl is already set. 
They're not rewriting the rule book. Well, well, I don't like that offside penalty. Well, let's take that. No, no, no. It's written. And God has all these rules. The day you agree and say, you know what's best for me. 1 John 5 says, his commands are not grievous or grievous. His commands are not hard. Yes, you can obey them with God's power and God's spirit. They're for your best. He's not mean. I remember when I was a kid, I looked at my parents and they said, you have to be in at 10 o'clock. I said, when I become a parent, I'm having no rules. No rules, no curfew. My kids are going to have fun. Then I became a parent, they had to be in at noon. (laughs) How many of you are stricter with your kids than your parents were with you? You know what I'm talking about because you know what you got away with. Agree with God's rules. Number three, agree with the plays that God sends in. You know, there's going to be a coach on the sideline of each team today. The quarterback, for the most part, doesn't get to call the plays. For the most part, it's the owner and then the, uh, then the coach and all this kind of stuff. And they'll be holding their helmets like this. What are they doing? They're listening to some play. Because the coach says, I know more than you. Here's the play we're sending in. Now, I want to say this. Agree with God's plays. Sometimes things are going to sweep into your life. I don't know why I went through what I did yesterday. Maybe to get the gospel out. Maybe to encourage someone. I don't know. Maybe to endear my wife to me so she'll finally treat me better. All she kept asking, where's the life insurance policy? Where's the life insurance policy? And she said, I wonder what would happen if I unplugged these. I said, don't unplug anything. You know, Moses could have thrown the challenge flag and said, how come I'm adopted? The king's daughter found him in a little ark of bulrushes in the river and she raised him in the palace. The Egyptians raised the Hebrew boy. He could have thrown it. Elijah has a great revival and victory and fire comes down from heaven. Then he gets a death threat from someone, Queen Jezebel. He could have said, all I've done was serve you and now they're wanting to kill me. He could have thrown the red flag. How about Jacob? Jacob uh, 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 spent his life away from God. He gets right with God, wrestles with an angel. Angel touches his hip. And then the Bible said he limped the rest of his life. He could have said, why the limp? Why do I have to hobble around? I mean, I got right. Why'd you have to do this? He never threw the challenge flag. I think of Jonah. Yes, Jonah disobeyed the Lord, but haven't we all at some time? Jonah said, I'm not going to preach to those Ninevites. I'm prejudiced. And maybe you're the only person growing up that you were totally right with everybody, but he had some prejudice against the Ninevites. He said, I'm not going to go. Storm comes up. They throw him overboard, a whale swallows him. He could have said, that's a little extreme, Lord. (laughs) I mean, three days inside the belly of a whale. Darkness, heat from the acid up and down, not knowing where he was, scared to death. But Jonah never threw the challenge flag and he preached and 600,000 people turned to God. I think of Esther. She's beautiful. That's not her problem. Wasn't her fault. It's just like me. Being handsome, it's not my fault. I mean, it's just the way God's designed me and and I've come to accept it. But Esther was beautiful and they had a a replace the queen contest. And so they looked the land over and she was beautiful. They removed her from her house. She was an adult. Brought her to the king and said, you're going to now be the queen. She could have said, this isn't my plan. Back then, the king's ruled. She had no vote. She could have thrown the challenge flag. 
She didn't. She yielded to God and she saved her nation, Esther. I think of Paul, the apostle, wrote 13 books of the Bible, yet God said he had a thorn in his flesh. It was a physical problem. Many of you have a physical problem. Some people think Paul was a hunchback. Some people think possibly he was a dwarf. Others, he had an eye disease where his eyes strained, he couldn't see well. Whatever it was, he asked God three times, would you remove this? Would you remove this? Remove this. God says, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul never threw the challenge flag. He said, Lord, you know best. Why? Because Paul was such a great man. God had to humble him. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So God uh, would, uh, would make sure he didn't uh, uh, get proud. And God used him. Later on, Paul is putting f- uh, firewood. It's not his fault. He just preached. And they put him uh, on a ship to take him to trial. And, and they shipwrecked. He's gathering wood. That's all he's doing, doing his part. Gathering wood and a snake bites him. Of all things, I think I would have said, Lord, enough's enough. Man, I'm serving you. And I guess snake me? Are you kidding? Paul never threw the challenge flag. He just never threw it. He yielded to God's plan. And I want to say this. God's calls sometimes get clearer with time. Some of those things God allows in your life and you say, what in the world? Why in the world? 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you say, now I see clearly. I see how God was using this. When I was a kid in third grade in Louisiana, my dad was gone most of the time. So we'd have to wait after school for my mom to get off as a nurse and pick us up at school. So we're waiting out on the playground in third grade. We had nothing to do, idle. I was with a friend and we found this old golf ball and here's this huge brick wall of the building so we're just tossing it against the wall and tossing it and catching it. Well, our third grade teacher, not going to call her name, she could still be alive, she'd be 116. Her name's Mrs. Blackman, I still remember. She said, you boys, come over here. It was like 300 yards away. She said, I saw you throwing rocks at the bell. We said, ma'am, this little golf ball against the brick building. Look, look, look. Here's the bell. Bell's way up here. We weren't throwing rocks at the bell. I saw you throw rocks at the bell. I'm thinking maybe she was hallucinating or something. They didn't even have marijuana legal back then. And said, ma'am, we didn't throw rocks at the bell. We're throwing again. He said, I said, we're throwing Just wait on our right. I saw you throw rocks at the bell. We didn't throw rocks at the bell. And, and, and she lacked counseling uh, expertise. She said, you will stay here in this room until you admit you were throwing rocks at the bell. A picture came inside of my mind, 108 years old. I'm there with a cane with white hair. I will be there the rest of my life. We lied. We shouldn't have done it. We said, okay, we threw rocks at the bell. She said, you'll write lines. Tomorrow I want 200 lines. I will not throw rocks at the bell. I will not throw rocks at the bell. She missed the call. I didn't even have a red flag. Third graders didn't even own one. But I didn't let it warp me to the place. Everyone named Blackman died a terrible death. I didn't put in my mind I would start burning down schools. And every time I heard a bell, someone would die. I didn't do that. I didn't throw a flag. Life's that way sometimes. 
I still remember growing up, seeing our neighbors going to Six Flags over Texas. Vacation. We never went on vacation. We're going out. We didn't go out. Dad, shooting basketball, throwing football. We didn't do that. Missing dad. My whole life, I, I hurt because of that. But I never threw the flag. Amen. My dad wasn't raised in, in church. He got saved late. I was already grown just about. He never went to a marriage seminar. Never went to dad university. He never saw a good marriage, so he didn't have a good marriage. He did the best he could. But I didn't know years later I'd be pastoring in a city in California where most of the children and teenagers who ever attended our church would grow up without a close relationship with dad or a missing dad or never met their dad. I never knew. So at least I could relate a little bit and say, all right, better for me not to have a dad close and maybe comfort and encourage a generation in the future. Hey, don't throw the flag. Pat's the pirate. Cancer in his eye. But he wrote 1,000 children's songs as Pat's the pirate. He was Joni Erickson, a diving accident, dove into the ocean, hit a rock, snapped her neck, paraplegic, excuse me, quadriplegic. Began painting with a paintbrush in her teeth. Became a guest speaker all over the world. I read her book. She said, I'm now being wheeled into an auditorium to speak to 20,000 Japanese girls and give my life story and tell them about Jesus. She said, I would have never got to do this if I hadn't have broke my neck and been a quadriplegic. She could have thrown in the flag. No one would have blamed her. Everybody would have helped her. We'll help you. Hey, God's not fair. Why would God do this? I don't know. My little pea brain is not as big as God's. God's got a reason. God never moves without purpose or plan. And molding a, 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 a Christian or molding a man... Uh, and it goes on, it says, he never makes a mistake. And he never does. I know this, he loves you. I know this, he has your best interest in mind. I know this, he died for you and rose again to pay for your sins. I know this, whatever it is, it will be for your good and God's glory. Hey, ask Joseph in the Bible. He was lied about by a woman. That's when that hashtag Me Too all started. It was in Genesis, I think. She tried to seduce him. He said no. She got mad, lied. He went to prison. Guess what he did? He didn't, he didn't throw the red flag. He kept a good attitude. And the Bible said, and God was with him. And God prospered him. And God blessed him and made him the second ruler of the nation. He didn't throw the flag. I think of a guy named Job. The Bible says Satan was released upon Job's family. Job ended up, came home one day as 10 children were killed in one day in an accident. His businesses are taken from him. His health fails. He's scraping his sores, his boils at the, at the fire. His three friends show up and they say, what sin is in your life, Job? No one would ever go through this if it wasn't sin. God's judging you, Job. 
Then his wife snapped and said, why don't you just curse God out so he'll kill you? Job's wife said, I'm throwing in the flag. This isn't fair. All we've done is serve God. We've served him our whole life. Now everyone's dead. She threw in the flag. Thank God Job didn't. Because we have a book of Job that every one of us at some time in our life, we've been able to read and be comforted by it and say, if he can go through that, I can go through what I'm going through. Thank God. Job said this, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Wow. Hey, Noah, man, one year in an ark with your family? Some of you can't go to Disneyland in the same car with your family without it almost being a divorce. A year. Honey, what'd you do today? Well, what'd you do today? I'm in the same ark you're in. Hey, what's that smell? You know what the smell is. Millions of animals. He could have said, this didn't... But he didn't throw in the flag. All great Bible characters were people that simply didn't throw the challenge flag. Here's one. Jesus' good friend, maybe his best friend, Lazarus, he gets sick. Someone sends him a, uh, uh, sends him a text. The carrier pigeon flies. He reads... Look, folks, they didn't have text back then. Oh, okay, help me. So, so someone gets him news. The one you love, your friend Lazarus, is sick. He's dying. Jesus didn't get there quick enough. Lazarus' two sisters meet him even before he comes in town. One of them says, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Then the other one said, if you can heal the sick, couldn't have you prevented my brother from dying? Jesus stepped up to the tomb and said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Roll back the stone. <clears throat> Lazarus, come forth. I bet they wish they had never thrown that challenge flag. Because a few minutes later, Lazarus is alive. Amen. I can see him now. It slipped, Lord. I didn't throw it. My sister threw it. I didn't throw the flag. We have two choices. Accept God's call or live with questions the rest of our lives. Why'd you let this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? Why did you do this? Why did you take a loved one to heaven? How come you did? Is that really how you want to live? It's not a sin to have a question in your heart and wonder. It's a sin to demand that he answer you. The old accuser, and I'm finished with this. The old accuser, the devil, sometimes tells the truth. Did you know that? He don't lie all the time. Has he ever told you something that was true in your head? You blew it. I know. It's no use trying anymore. I know. You're a failure. I know. He's called the accuser. Satan could stand up today and say, hey, God, you ought to send that whole planet, those rebels, those sinners to hell. They deserve it. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it should die. They've rejected your son. Some of them don't even believe in you. Why don't you just send them all to hell? They deserve it. And that would be a true statement. But pause for a moment. There's a silence. I see something on the field, a red flag thrown from the cross. 
Lord, I challenge what Satan just said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I know we're sinners and deserve hell, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. That dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Jesus has thrown the red flag saying, I bought them with my red blood and you don't have to listen to the old accuser. That's what he's saying. Well, that's the message for the day. Here's the question and the invitation. So are you a red flag carrier? I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with that. And I don't like what you said. And my kid got a B. And this happened. How come my kid's not a starter? Well, because your kid doesn't know which end of the basketball to bounce. Uh, uh, How come my kid's not a lineman? Your kid weighs 18 pounds. Yeah. How come I hadn't got a raise yet? Well, you've been at the job, drug-free, only two weeks. Uh, how come I? How come I don't get three meals a day? My mother cooked three meals a day. Well, good. Move back with your mother. <laughs> Look, some people are just—it's it, just constant. They—they—they they, they produce red flags. They have a collection of red flags. They carry. Uh, they drive with red flags. They go to work with red. Some of you ought to say, "I've been throwing too many." Hey. Get this. Guess how many red flags, challenge flags, a coach can throw in the whole game? Two. Two. That's it for the whole game. Wouldn't that be good if we just threw two red flags in a marriage? All right, it's one. (laughs) That's one. You hit one more, and we got 30 more years of marriage. I think some of us throw too many. Maybe Maybe our parents did. Maybe we saw that. Maybe we're around people that throw a lot. We probably ought to throw a lot less. A lot less. We ought not throw one on God. The sooner you agree with your heavenly father's calls, the happier person you'll be. Well, let's find it. Let's vote real quick. How many of you have had something happen in your life that you have never got an answer for yet. I'm raising my hand. I mean, I don't know why that happened or God allowed that. So I guess maybe when we get to heaven, huh? And do you really think as soon as you walk through the pearly gates, you're going to be barefoot, your brand new body, no more sin, young again. Do you really think you're going to walk up to Jesus with his nail print hands and say, why did this happen? I think it's going to be removed from our mind. It'll be, uh, it don't matter. (laughs) Look at all you've done for me. It doesn't even matter. That was a hiccup, a bump in the road. Look at what you've prepared for us. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. The challenge flag. Let's lay it down. You'll be a happier person. If you're here today, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. He loves you, died for you, paid your entrance into heaven. All you have to do is receive that as a gift. And I hope you will today. It's not by church, not by baptism, not by good life. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ that we're saved. 
but you have to receive him, receive it. The little character traits of a Jesus fan in your bulletin today. Would you become a Jesus fanatic? Is there something you need to work on? Whatever the need, you feel free to make that decision today. Father, thank you for your goodness.